I'd rather 
Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your love. Mm. Nothing like the presence of the Lord, amen? Amen? Uh, Pastor David wrote and said that um, where he has been in Minneapolis is just the devastation, the things that are going, that have happened in that town are huge. And, but they were able to preach and God has showed up. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. Let's just pray for that situation. We thank you, Lord. Father, that you, no matter what the chaos is around us, you are in the midst. And, Lord, all we have to do is push aside everything else and look for you in the midst. We thank you, Father, that no matter what, you're still moving. You're still on the throne. Father, we speak peace, healing, and life over that city, over that area. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to touch hearts and change lives. We ask that you would uh, just bless Pastor David as he travels back. We ask that you would bless his time. And, Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory for everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Pastor David, since he was leaving, he asked me to speak today. And I want to start out by um, making an announcement about, you announced about 1030 on Saturday, correct, Dylan? 1030, 1030 Saturday, this Saturday. If you would like to help um, spread the word about Saturday evening, we're going to have some people go out and hand these out. Amen to the neighborhoods. We've been going to the neighborhoods. We've been sowing seeds. So uh, 10.30 in, in the lobby, um, we're going to meet and uh, going out and hand out these flyers to places so that uh, invite people to come. Amen. Would anybody be interested in doing that? I'll be by myself. Okay. <laughs> y'all got to come. Y'all are, y'all just, you know, you just called to come. Amen. Also, Thursday night, starting at 6.30 in the basement, um, Pastor David has asked me, and um, I'm taking on a, another two different things, so I'm, I'm going to be pastoring over outreach and, um, um, what is the other thing? This, thank you. Somebody help me out here. Discipleship. I don't even know what I'm doing. Isn't that awesome? You don't even have to know what you're doing, and God shows up anyways. So I'm going to be doing a, a discipleship and outreach. So I'm starting the classes, are, uh, what we call walking, my wife and I call walking and freedom classes, starting them uh, Thursday, 6.30 in the basement. Amen? Those topics are going to cover things like uh, David and Goliath. Um, I'm going to preach on David and Goliath. How many of you ever heard about David and Goliath before? I challenge you to come and see if you've ever heard this one. Uh, dealing with root causes. Do y'all know that David and Goliath is actually a physical thing where the, in the New Testament, you know, it goes from Old Testament physical to New Testament spiritual? And actually, David and Goliath talks about a spiritual thing. It's cool. Authority. Fruits of the Spirit. How to forgive as God forgives. Creating your universe. Unity. Communion. The blood covenant. Faith. Defeating sin. 
the fire of God, baptism, burdens. So these classes are going to um, help cover the, um, what was that word again? I don't mean, discipleship. Golly, I can't, I keep wanting to say something else, but I can't even get discipleship out. So everybody say it with me to help me out. Discipleship. You know, teaching people. We got to raise people up, amen? And people are going to be coming out of the world and going, what do I do? You know, a woman doesn't have a baby, well, a proper woman doesn't have a baby and just let the baby lay there and say, I hope you grow up someday. I hope everything comes out for you. Amen? The church has for too long brought people into the kingdom and go, I hope you grow up someday. I hope everything works out for you. And we need to change that situation. Amen? We need to raise them up, teach them the truth, teach them the word of God. Amen? Uh, while we're talking, if uh, you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we'll do a couple things first here. So we're going to start that at 6.30 Thursday nights down in the basement, and that'll go on for numerous weeks, amen? But also as people come in, they can go to these classes and learn. How many of you know, two of my biggest teachings is, uh, number one is how to forgive as God forgives. How many of you know that's pretty important? How I many you know there's a lot of people that have a problem with dealing with forgiveness? They're hung up somewhere on forgiveness. These classes will walk you through and train you how to deal with forgiving and, keep deal, and not have to deal with it anymore. Amen? Not have to go five years down the road going, oh my gosh, I'm still dealing with that thing on forgiveness. And burdens. So many of us carry burdens around. And we walk around with burdens and burdens and burdens. You know, in the, in the spiritual realm... Um, Burdens look like, you know those people that carry the water pots, they have a long stick that go across their shoulders, and they got water pots on each side? That's what burdens look like in the spirit realm. And that's why when you carry burdens, a lot of times you'll get pain in your back of your neck and your shoulders and the upper back, because you're carrying stuff around that you were never meant to carry. Amen? So these classes will help you teach how to deal with all that stuff. Get rid of it and get rid of it for good. Amen? But it all takes practice and working. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to do one thing, if y'all would stand up with me. I'm going to change things up on how we do things. Um, I want to pray in the Spirit for a few minutes. Not in, not in your natural language. I always think of saying not in English, but some of y'all know different languages. Not in those other languages either. Not in la not natural language. I want us to pray in the Spirit and just pray in the Spirit. Amen. So start, let's start praying in the Spirit. Go ahead. And just keep praying in the Spirit. And press in. Come on, press in, praying in the Spirit. Roshakatama 
Kina la mashona la bakoro mahasikita yasikiande la basoro mahasikata na makosi rosata tamasikata na masi shora bakahasikiande la basoko tamanasi shora makahasikita manaso rikite amanaso makahasikiande la basoko tamanasi shora makahasikita masi come on don't stop keep pressing in shana la bakisikita manaso mahasi Sora makahasikiara na masoko tomarasi. Sora na makahasikiti amara sora makahasikita maraso. Sora na makahasikiara makosho kotomasi. Sora na makahamasikita maraso. Yasikiana la masoko tomarasikita maraso. Sora na makahasikita marsho kotomaki. Shira na mahasikita maraso kotomasi. Yes Lord, shana na makisikita maraso roba hasikita maraso. You know, I was in a church years ago. Y'all can sit down. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to do that for a minute. But I was in a church years ago, and the, the pastor said he got the people in, and they, they started praying about 10 minutes in the Spirit. And he says, you know, it's hard to get these people to even pray for 10 minutes in the Spirit. But when he, once he got them to 10 minutes, he'd go about 15, then he'd stretch it to 20. Stretch it to 30. And he started, he was pushing for about three hours. And I've done three straight hours of praying in the spirit. It's not easy. It requires killing the flesh. You know what I mean? Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that it's truth, it's life, and it's light. I thank you, Lord, that it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I ask that by your spirit that you would guide me, teach me, open my understanding that I may comprehend your scriptures. I ask that you would fill me with wisdom, knowledge, revelation, understanding that we may be hearers and doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you were able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Say word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that, I, uh, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that, I'm, uh, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I want to talk about our two most powerful weapons we have on this earth. And in 17 and 18, it says the word of God and praying always with prayer in the spirit. We have the most powerful two weapons in this universe that, we ha- that God has given us. The Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. That's not the Bible. That's not the book. That's the Word of God as it comes out of your mouth. Amen? 
Jesus says, my words to you I speak, their spirit and their life. What was he saying? Now, our words are spirit, but they're not always life. Sometimes we speak words of death. Amen? Forgive us, Lord. But our words are spirit. The word spirit means, has to do with breath, correct? So Jesus says, my words are spirit and they're life. The word spirit, Holy Spirit, it uses the same thing. Pneuma, ruach, it's the same wording. So the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus used the sword of the spirit when he was in the desert coming out and Satan tempted him. What was the first thing that happened? He had been fasting for 40 days and the, the enemy said, take that stone, turn it to bread and you can eat, right? How did that temptation come to Jesus? What am, I, what am I saying is, how did Satan present himself to Jesus? Now, if we understand that Jesus was all God but all man, he was like us, amen? How does the enemy present temptations to you? Through the thought pattern. So it doesn't say, and I can't prove it, but more than likely, Satan presented that as a thought. But Jesus knew his, knows his father. He knew his father. He said, that's not from my father. I know that. And that's not me. I know where that thought is coming from. Amen? And what does he do? He doesn't lift up a shield of faith. He doesn't walk around. He pulls out the what? The sword of the spirit. Which is the what? The word of God. And he said, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, a lot of people say, well, um, resist the devil and he'll flee from you, right? That's only half the scripture. Because the first part says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Then you resist the devil, then he'll flee. You need to submit unto God first, amen? So Jesus didn't just go, oh, I have faith, I believe, I believe, I believe. What did he do? He pulls out the sword of the spirit and he speaks the word of God and rams it into the enemy. And then the other two, he, they, he takes them someplace. Then what happens? The enemy says, he left and he says, I will come back at a more opportune time. So the enemy is always looking for a, a time and a place to come in and lie to you and draw you into his lies. Amen? That's just the truth. The word says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's doing that. Some people say, well, I bind them all up from that. Well, you can't because then you make the word null and void. Oops. You can't do that. He's still going around. He's still seeking. Now, you can shut him out of your life, amen, but you can't shut him down from everywhere. So you need to make sure that your city is protected. I didn't plan on going this direction, so we're just hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But your city, I'm talking about your, yourself, your life. You have your little city, your little town. Uh, uh, these, these, you have walls. And you have to know where the breaks in your walls are. You have to know where the defects in your walls are. Amen? Because you have to know where to place your largest guards at. 
In other words, if someone is addicted to alcohol, you have a problem with alcohol, you need to know that. Amen? And you need to realize that. And you need to take that thing into your mind and understand that that enemy is going to try to come through that wall that's broken down until it's totally restored. So what do you do? You put a, you, they would put men on the wall what, with the sword and fixing the wall at the same time. Right? So you have someone standing there protecting, fixing the wall, but protecting that if the enemy does come, he's ready to fight. See, we just go, oh, I have faith, I have faith, I believe Jesus is going to help me. But how often do you pull out the sword of the Spirit? Or do you just leave your sword sheathed? And you can't beat them over the, Bible, uh, over the head with the Bible. That's not going to help. But Jesus says, my words are spirit in their life. So when his words come out of your mouth, amen, that's the sword of the spirit. That's when you're putting his words into action. When you come out and say, it is written, do not be drunk with wine, but be ever filled with the Holy Spirit. I had to deal with fear years ago. I had a, uh, it was passed down generationally, plus it was instilled in me by my, by my oldest brother, who scared the daylights out of me with his stories. He was nine years older, he's nine years older than me, and his stories, man, they would just, I mean, he, man, his mind would just, woo, great stories, but they'd scary. So I had this great fear. So I had to deal with that fear, so, you know, God has taken, he's the cigarettes, boom, gone. Alcohol, gone. Drugs, gone. Fear, <laughs> really? Can't you just take it away? No, some things he wants you to deal with. Amen? And fear, he made me face it head on. So fear, what did I have to do? I grabbed the scripture. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound mind. So what did I do when I started feeling that fear come upon me? It is written, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love, a sound mind. God has not given, and I may have to say it a hundred times the first time. And a hundred times the second time, and the third time, and the first week, a hundred times, every time, in the first month. But you know what? Next time it was 40 times. Then I got down to 20 times, and then it was just once. See, Jesus was perfect. He only had to say it once. And it's gone. You and me, I explain it like this. We're so far down the line of sin from Adam and Eve to us. Sin has been instilled over and over and over and over. And we just do stupid. I did it again. I did it again. We just sin over and over. Why? Because it's so instilled in us. And that's one of the things about burdens is we carry these things, worry, worry, worry. We've been passed down generation to generation how to worry. In this room right here, there's some perfect worriers. I came from a family of warriors. Not warriors, warriors. God's trying to change that, make some warriors out of these warriors. But worry, what does it do? It takes time to take this thing up here this little thing in your head and shift it from here to here. 
And it takes two things are your main weapons, the Word of God and praying in the Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Everybody's quiet today. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all are just in the spirit, I know. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Verse 9, chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, but it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? But God has revealed them to us through what? His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You got a problem in your life? You need to know some answers? You need God to give you some revelation? What does it say? The Spirit searches the th deep things of God. Now, do you know the deep things of God? But who does? The Holy Spirit. So how do you dig them out? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit until the answer comes forth. Hello? Take time to pray. I, I strive to pray more in the Spirit than I do in the flesh, in, the, in the, my natural, normal. Because I don't know what to pray. I've got, listen, I've got notes. I've got all kinds of notes. I've got notes here, whatever. Who cares? You know that the word says that we need to all pray in the Holy Spirit, amen? We need to understand and know that praying the Holy Spirit to dig up the deep things of God to bring them forth in our lives, amen? Dig them up, pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit, pray, pray, pray until it comes forth. Don't worry about praying in English. You don't, it's, he says that you, you don't know really what you're supposed to be praying for anyways, I'd hate to break this to you. We're really not smart enough to know the right things to pray all the time. At least I'm not. So what do I do? I pray in the Holy Spirit. I have a friend of mine that says, if you ain't praying, you want breakthrough, you want miracles, you want signs and wonders to happen in your life, pray three hours a day in the Holy Spirit. How much time are we taking to pray in the Holy Spirit? Just pray. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Don't, what am I praying? Don't worry about what you're praying for. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. That's what he's there for. He's your helper, amen? He's your comforter. He's the one who comes forth to pray, amen? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Go to 2 Timothy. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray, pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. Focus on that, and things will change, amen? 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now, these two things are our greatest weapons praying in the holy spirit and the word of god so the biggest thing is we have to know the word of god amen one of the things that my wife and i well we have been striving for with the kids downstairs is teaching them the word of god amen well they need to get filled with the holy ghost yes they do they need to do the uh, yes they do but if you don't start out with a foundation of the Word of God and you start building on a foundation that's not the Word of God, the, 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 Jesus says that his Word is a seed, amen? I'd rather sow seed in these kids' lives and them not truly understand and know the seed, but one day when that seed is needed, 
that God can reach down in there and pull it up and raise it up to something that he can use. Amen? Amen. I'd rather store some seed in these kids' lives. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with long suffering, with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now that was specifically talking. Not all of us are evangelists. So whatever you're calling is, you fulfill that, amen? But I want to talk about the sound doctrine thing. Because I, I, I've seen and talked to a lot of people who get really goofy with stuff. The spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is awesome. Listen, you're looking at me, you're looking at somebody who loves the spirit realm. I've seen signs, I've seen wonders, I've seen all kinds of stuff. But if it's, we're not based on the word of God, we can get really goofy. We can get off in the spirit realm where you don't want to get off. I have seen people get off because they get a mixture. They start learning about the word, but then they start learning about the spirit realm, and they get into the spirit realm, and they get off the foundation, and they end up with a little of both. And then confusion starts coming in. Hello? And they get off in, in, in Never Never Land with Goofy and Pluto and all of them. I've seen it. I've seen it since the 90s. We saw gold dust back in the 90s. Okay? I've seen hair turn from one color to another. We were just talking about I've seen teeth change. I've seen teeth go to gold. I saw we knew the new people. I mean, new people as friends. One lady we knew, her tooth turned to um, uh, porcelain and a dove stamped on it in a service. I've seen people come out of wheelchairs praying for them, deaf ears open, blind eyes open. People that uh, I couldn't prove it in Cuba healed with A's. When I say I can't prove it, it's because I didn't, they didn't go, but when they got up, they were totally different. Sickle cell anemia. Broken bones healed instantly. Sprains, headaches, backs, fingers, uh, you name it. People healed, heart, not only physically, but in their hearts healed. Set free, demons cast out. I've seen it. But you know what we have to go right back to is the word of God. Because so many people want to get off in the spirit realm and ooh, ooh. God never less said live by feelings. Amen? We're to live by the truth, the foundation, the word of God. Yes, I want to see signs, I want to see wonders, and I want to see miracles. I want to see signs that make you wonder. Amen? And miracles happen. And it's a, it's a dinner bell for the gospel. But sometimes, as Christians, 
We want all the signs, wonders, and miracles to happen in our life. But sometimes God says, you need to stand on the word. Maturity comes and you need to stand on the word. I want everybody to do this. Uh, 15 inches. I want you to take your hands and show me 15 inches. I'm not going to come around and check you. 15 inches. What you think 15. Now Dylan's going, brother, you're not talking centimeters. I don't know what 15 inches is. 15 inches. Which 15 inches is right about there. All right. Now, you can put your hands down. If you're a carpenter or somebody who builds, you know what you have on your side at all times? It's one of these. Why? You want to check and make sure you're right. Now, you may be totally wrong, and because you've never really dealt with, you know, measuring, so your 15 inches is like this, or it's like this, you know, maybe you're off. But you know what, even somebody who's skilled, who's been doing building for many 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know what they get out to make sure it's right? The measuring tape. Why? To make sure it's right. And if you're off a little bit, measure once, cut twice, that's right. <laughs> the word of God is kind of the same thing. What am I saying? Well, how do I know if it's real love? You take the word of God out and measure it. You go by the word of God and see if it's true love. Because the word of God will tell you what love really is. One of, my, one of the teachings that I do is about the opposites of the, of the fruit of the spirit. What's the opposite of love? Selfishness. Selfishness is the opposite of love. So if you go to 1 Corinthians, it'll tell you about what love is, amen? What does love have to do with itself? Absolutely nothing. So how do I know if I'm walking in love? You take the word of God and measure to see if you're actually walking in love. Amen? Hello? Oh me? Oh my? 2 Corinthians 11. So we need to understand and know that the word of God... We need to understand it and know it. See, I, 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 like I said, we try to instill it in the kids. Why? So, so, no, so they have something. So when they get older, they get, they get something to get a hold of. Because going to the schools today, going to the places that they go, there's so many people lying to them, trying to get them off course from the truth. Listen, I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is not a truth. It is the truth. But it's only the truth inside of you when you make it the truth inside of you. Because you can have something else being the truth inside of you. But to offset that, you need to bring the word of God and to reveal it because it's called a stronghold. Anything that does not, a thought or a way of understanding that does not line up with the word of God is a stronghold. And how do you break it? With the word of God. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Think about this. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. 
Therefore, it is no great thing if uh, his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Satan turns himself into an angel of light and how much more his people, those that follow after him, transform themselves into ministers of light. And they're lying. Hello? Well, how do I know if they're lying? You go right back here to the word of God. It's the truth. Measure up. Listen, don't take, don't take what people say, well, he's a well-known international pastor. Check what he says to make sure it lines up with the word of God. Hello? Just because he says it because he's got one million followers, don't say, oh, well, he must know what he's talking about. Because there's many scriptures that I've heard. Another one of the teachings that I do is about scriptures that I've heard that are off. They're not used properly. People use scriptures over and over again. Well, where is it? Uh, I don't know. Well, why are you using it? Well, so-and-so said it. Okay, and so-and-so is not responsible for you when you stand before the throne. You're responsible for self. So are you speaking the word? Are you using it accurately? Are you just, well, I heard somebody say it, so. And I've had people challenge, people get mad at me. Whatever. It's all right if you get mad at me. I, I really don't care if you get mad at me. You can get mad at God, too. But I've had people get mad at me because they bring things to me and say, well, this is what it's like in heaven. And I ask him, where is that in what chapter and verse, please? Well, 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 so-and-so, you know, somebody said it. Well, who said it? Well, I don't remember. You think I'm joking. This is what I've gotten. I don't remember who said it, but somebody said it. And God showed me that it's true. Yeah. All right, where does it line up with the word of God? Where is it at? Show it to me. Listen, I'll, I'll change the way I think if you show it to me. But don't bring me some junk that somebody says because they had an encounter in heaven and Santa Claus land is up there. Give me a break. Well, God will have to show you because he showed me. No, I'm not buying it and I'm not taking it. Sorry. If it's, listen, I've had encounters. Okay. We were in a, a worship time um, and uh, the presence of God, there was only about 50, 60 people in this, this small conference over by Asheville area years ago. And uh, the presence of God, we got so thick, uh, Alberto Rivera, y'all ever heard of him? He was doing worship. <laughs> and we were deep in the worship. And all of a sudden, and you can ask about any person in that place that there was a whole lot more than 50 people singing. Okay? Now, if you, you, some of you, I know, have experienced that kind of thing. So it must have been angels filling that room singing. Amen? And a lot of times in worship, I'll keep my eyes open because I see things. And I'm, I'm watching. I'm going, okay, I know we're going somewhere. I had that feeling inside. I know, I know we're going somewhere, Lord. And I'm watching, and all of a sudden, I see... The people, and I don't see faces, but I see the people. All the people in the room were walking down this road, and there was angels surrounding us. 
And we, they were leading us, they were, but they were, the angels were all around us, and we were leading, walking down this road, and I looked ahead on the road, and I saw the back of Jesus. I didn't see his face. I've never seen details of his face, but I know it's him, amen? And I saw Jesus, and, and all, he was talking to somebody, and he turned around and looked back at us, like watching where we were coming, and he turned back around, and he was gone, and all of a sudden, I saw him further ahead. So we're walking down this road, and I knew we were pressing in and all, and he looked back again and saw us again and turned around. And next thing I know, I saw, and I knew it was the throne room. And I'm going, awesome, we're headed to the throne room. My favorite place to be. And we're pressing in and pressing in, and we're getting closer and closer to the throne room. And all of a sudden, we took a left-hand turn. And I went, what? And the whole atmosphere, the whole room changed, and we went into a playground. And I, what I could see, I couldn't tell what it looked like. It looked like monkey bars to me. But it wasn't, I knew it wasn't, but it looked like, you know, it's kind of like what they said in Revelation. It's what, the best way I can explain it. And we ended up in this, and the whole room changed into this joyous outbreak, fun type different thing. And I was like, we didn't go to the throne room, but, you know, hey. And that's the experience I had. Is it true? I don't know. I will not preach that as truth. All I will preach it as is an experience that I had. I'll find out if it's true when I get to heaven, amen? Y'all can go check it out too, see if I'm right or not. I don't know. But some people want to preach this as this is the way it is in heaven. It's not in the word of God. And if it is that way in heaven, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? But if it's not, it does, does it really matter if there's a playground next to the throne room? What matters is the blood of Christ. What matters is his cross, amen? What matters is that we believe in him. What matters is his Holy Spirit. This is what matters. What matters is the Father, that we please the Father. What matters is that we walk in faith. It matters that you end up there, amen? The blood of Christ, the empty tomb, these are things that matter. These are things that we preach. If the other stuff happens, hallelujah. If it doesn't, then hey, you know what? We're, we all been wrong. Well, I'm not deceived. Well, that's the first sign of being deceived is saying you're not deceived. But I see here where it says, for Satan himself transforms, transforms himself into an angel of light. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 24. Let's start at 23. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, even possible, or if possible, even the elect. If possible, even the elect. Now, if it's even possible that the elect can be deceived, then we need to make sure that we're following what the word says and not the signs and the wonders. If we base our things off the signs and, listen, signs and wonders, they're awesome happenings. They'll, 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 they'll do things, they'll encourage you. But the only thing that you can grasp a hold of the only thing that when you're going through times of trouble and things is the solid word of God. 
the truth of his word. I will not be shaken because I'm a hold of his word. I'm, I'm, I'm planted on the rock, the foundation, Jesus Christ. And you will not shake me because I know the truth. Matthew 12. Listen, these aren't new scriptures for probably any of y'all. But that's okay, we're going to go over them, amen? Matthew 12, verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. There's a lot of people who come to Raven Falls looking for a sign. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Listen, it's awesome. I like signs. I've seen angels. I've had angels talk to me. I've seen many angels. I've seen more angels in Moravian Falls area than I've seen anywhere else. I have. I've stood inside of a fire angel. I had fire. I looked all, I got really hot. Me saved. Hello? That doesn't, uh, we were at a conference and, and I kept seeing this little flash over here. Little flash, little flash. And I was like, I kept looking. And I said to one, I says, do you see an angel standing there? Because I believe there is one. She says, I don't know, let me look. So she walks over and she does this. She goes, yeah, there's one right here. I went, what? I mean, there's one right here. She says, yeah, come here. Look, you can feel it. And as soon as I hit that area, my hands started tingling, like electricity. I said, what? Whoa, that's crazy. She says, you can feel them. I said, that's. So I learned how to feel. I felt the angel. I've run into angels like brick walls. You ever done that? Start to move and blam, you hit a brick wall and there's nothing there. But downstairs, I was talking to kids, and I was teaching the kids about, you know, that there's the supernatural, the angels and things are all around us at all times. And I did like this. I says, and you can feel the angel. When I did this, I went, I looked at the kids, and I said, there's one here. (laughs) I says, I didn't even know it, but I just did that. And as I was, ooh. So I said, how many of you all want to feel an angel? And they were, so I had one, each one, they all came up one by one, and they felt it. And I said, you feel a little tingling in your hands. You feel that? And they were like, yeah, I feel that. So they all felt it. And I said, and I was just talking about the supernatural realm. And then I did it again. And I, he gone. I don't feel nothing. So I had them come back up and they felt nothing. Supernatural is fun, amen? But it doesn't get you into the kingdom. It doesn't wash your, your sins away. It doesn't make you holy. It doesn't make you righteous. Only his blood will do that. Amen? How many of you know that our cells are created, and in, those, in the creation there's, there's sound waves, there's electric frequencies, there's different things, am I right? How many of you know that when God created the earth, he spoke it into existence, Correct. So there's a sound frequency in that creation. So then he took that and molded it into a man and blew the breath of life into him. So the same frequencies that he created with are still in us today. Okay? 
And so if those frequencies get off, then we end up with illness. And I've heard lately that there's somebody that has created this thing that'll bring your frequencies back into alignment. It's a little thing you wear. So I researched it. Found out the guy that created the thing was a, uh, a Buddhist monk. And I'm going, uh-uh. Nope. Nope. Well, it, it, it's another tool in your tool belt, they told me. That's funny, because for the past couple thousand years, I've only needed one tool to get me into heaven. I needed only one tool to get me healed, set free, delivered. Amen? How do you change your, the sound waves back? Is by the word of God. Speaking the word of God. Listen, some people, when I, when I grew, grew up in the, in the, uh, in the church, uh, we went to a word of faith church, and a lot of people thought you had to say scriptures over and over again to get God to change his mind to make something happen. That's the way I understood it because that's kind of like how they explain it. If you say the scripture enough, God will change his mind and fix it for you. Confessing the word doesn't God change his mind. God's already got his mind made. And it's from the beginning to the end. It's from everlasting to everlasting. Hello? He's the beginning. He's the end. It gets you to change inside of you. It fixes what you are. You know, some people say, well, we've got to pull it down from heaven. And my question is, how do we pull it down? Or do we actually just have to really line ourselves up with heaven? And as soon as we come into alignment with him, it's like a cog in the wheel that falls into place. And how do we do that? With the word of God. By taking the word of God, eating it, consuming it, until it, it is truth inside of you. You don't change it, it changes you. Amen? That's why you confess it. Because you need to confess it so, number one, you'll start believing it. We, we, have a, we have a soul, a spirit, and a body. So our spirit, when we're born again, it's changed. Our body's destined to die. Somehow, someway, it's got to die. And the third thing is the soul. The mind, the will, and the emotions. The word of God, Romans 12. Take it and change the way you think. When you change the way you think and start thinking like he thinks, you'll change your desires, not from your desires, so you'll start being like his desires. So you'll start fulfilling his will. Amen? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Sometimes you're going, God, just, you know, you've got to do all of this. And sometimes he's going, well, make the, his, my will happen in your life. By taking the word and affecting your life and changing what your will is to become like his will. So that you desire what he desires. Hello? That you desire people to be touched, healed, changed, set free. Not that they stay in bondage, in death. Psalm 27, 8, and we talked about it. Seek his face. Listen, his face is the goal. His face is the goal, but we'll never get to that place of his face if we never died itself. And to die to self has to start with changing self. Change the way you think about things. You know, when you, those who have been in the military, the first thing that they do is put you in what? Boot camp. 
Why, to make you feel good? No, to break you down so that you stop thinking like the way you grew up thinking and start thinking when that sergeant yells at me and tells me to get up and do something, I don't go, well, I don't want to. But we would do that with God all the time. Go do, I don't want to. I was at a pastor's house uh, years ago, and, and it was about 4 o'clock in the morning. The Holy Spirit woke me up and said, go. And go. He, his house was connected to the church, and he, uh, he said, go to the church and pray. And I was laying in bed going, I don't want to. I'm going to go ahead and sleep. He said, I don't care what you want to do. Get up and go pray. So I did. But we do that all the time. But he wants our minds to be changed so we can take authority over ourselves, our bodies, which need to be put to death. Paul said, I beat my body daily. Hello. But we went all the feel goods and tickle tickles. Ooh, I felt an angel. Woo! Come on. I, I, it's great. Hallelujah. But it's not about the feely goods. Man, if it was about the feely goods, we all just need to go home. Because as far as I've, my walk has been with the Lord, <laughs> I get a feely good every once in a while, but there's a lot of die, boy, die. Hello? It's a lot of, I, I don't want to do it, Lord. It doesn't matter whether you want to do it or not. The Lord's called you to a purpose. He's called you to a work. So love. What's love got to do with it? Got everything to do with it. How many say you love Jesus? Well, he said, if you love me, then you'll do what I ask you to do. And if you do what I ask you to do, you'll be my disciples. And then the truth will set you free. See, a lot of us want to talk about the truth setting us free. But if you back up, it talks about you doing what he tells you to do. Hello? Hello? So love, what does love have to do with self? Absolutely nothing. So if we love the Lord, what did he do for us? He laid his life down. He came from heaven, gave up the greatest position there, there is, and to come down to the lowest position and give his life for us. But see, as, as we want to be preachers and we want to have our own show, and we want people to serve us, one of the first words that God gave me many years ago uh, when I became a pastor was I didn't call you to, to be served, but to serve. God's called us to serve. And I've seen so many people having people, wanting them, people, other people to serve them. We, we, we've been called to serve others. Hello? We've been called to give up our own selves, to give up our own desires. Amen? The word of God is that solid foundation. It's the truth. It's what we have to go uh, hang on to. Hebrews, Hebrews 4. Where am I at? Hebrews chapter 4. Praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prays for us through us. And we have to hold on to his word. Hebrews 4, verse 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We got to hang on to our confession, the confession of Christ, 
the confession of his truth, amen, the confession of his word. Hang on to it and don't let go. We are moving into days that if you don't have the understanding, the plans of the Holy Spirit and holding on to the word of God, you're going to not have fun. God, I've seen it for God. God has been raising people up for years because we're coming into days. You're not going to be able to go see a doctor because you need healing. You're not going to be able to go to the grocery store because you need food. You're not going to be able to go here or go there because you need something. You're going to be able to go one place and one place only, and that's to him. You think it's bad now, it ain't nothing. This is nothing. You better hold on to his word. You better have his word inside. What, what happens if they take your Bible away? Are you just going to go, well, I don't know what to do now? Because in other places, it's illegal to have Bibles. Listen, I, this, I've seen this for years. That, that America sits, has been sitting high above all other nations for a long time. You understand what I'm saying? Economically, the different things. It's been the leader. The only way for this to happen is for America to be brought down to the same level with all the other nations. Hello. Because they, they're not going to come up and be, they, they all have to be on one playing field for the, for the, uh, for the Antichrist to come in. Why do you think they're trying to bring it down to the same level as all the other countries, third world countries? They want it to be a third world country. Why? Because it all has to be on one playing field. And I don't know when that's going to happen. I pray, Lord, that we, we, we can push it on as far as we can, amen, before anything happens. But one day, something's going to happen. And you may be here, you may not be here. Another pastor talked about, uh, you know, some people are pre-trib, some are post-trib, some are mid-trib. He said, we're just pan-trib, because it all pan out in the end if you just believe Jesus. <laughs> if you just stand fast, hold on at this, and you've got one life only. One life only, hello? So therefore, it doesn't matter if it happens in your lifetime or not, you still got to stand before God one day. Hello? Whether you fly up or you are you buried or however it happens, my mom, my mom's 88 years old. Uh, about three weeks ago, my sister called me on a Saturday and said, "Mom's not doing well. She's really, really sick." I said, "Really?" She says, "She thinks she's got corona." I said, "Really? Okay." So I called my mom and she did not sound good. She says, "I'm in bed. I'm not not feeling well. Headache, uh, fever, yada yada, all this stuff." I said, okay, so we started praying. I said, we're praying for you, Mom, I love you. Called her Sunday, how you feeling? Feeling better. Called her Monday, how you doing? I'm feeling better. Called her, about, uh, called her every day. By the time, like Thursday and Friday, she was back to normal. I said, Mom, how do you know? You, you said you, she told me, she says, I have corona. I said, how do you know? She says, well, my niece had it, and not her niece, my niece had it, which was her granddaughter, and then her grandson's um, wife had it. And she says, I had all the same symptoms. I says, okay. I said, well, I've been praying for you, Mom. She says, thank you. It helped. I says, amen. I says, I told Jesus he'd, he had to heal you. She says, oh, yeah, why? I said, well, because you've been talking about for years that you're going up in the rapture. And I said, Lord, she keeps saying she's going up in the rapture. If you take her now with this, she's she going to be mad. She said, she, she's saying, I, I'm going up in the rapture. I'm going up in the rapture. I said, now you're going to have to deal with her mad when she gets to heaven because she didn't get to go up in the rapture. 
So you need to heal her so she can live long enough to go up in the rapture. Now, Will, I listen, I don't know. But you know what? You still only have one life to live. You only have a certain amount of time in your life. I used to ask the guys in jail, when are you gonna, when's the day you're going to die? And I got the same reaction. Nobody knows. I said, so today is the day you've got to make a change. Amen? Today's the day to make a change. Today's the day to give your life to Jesus. Today's the day to stand on the word of God. Today's the day that we have to change our lives and who we are. So that when we stand before him, we can say, it wasn't me, it was because of his blood, amen? Listen, grasp a hold of his word. Yes, I know, everybody likes to feely feelies and ooey ooey gooeys. It's always nice. But we don't live by feelings, amen? Living by feelings does this with you. Oh, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm good, I'm bad, yada, yada. But his word is steadfast and it never changes. Amen? So if we live by his word, then we will hold fast. Does it look good? Does it feel good? Let me tell you something. I've had a lot of not good, feeling good, and looking good in my life. But one thing is true, that his word doesn't change. And I can hang on to his word. I can hang on to the truth that though my life is not looking good, He's still the king of kings, and he's still on his throne. And if I hang on to him, I can be there with him. Amen? Amen? So pray in the spirit more and more, more than you've ever done. Pray in the spirit. Get his word and, 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 and eat, chew his word, eat it. Regurgitate it, bring it up again and eat it again. Sounds gross, but hey, it works. Because that's the foundation you can stand on. That's the foundation you can grasp a hold of and will not shift and will not move. Amen? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I ask that you would take that seed and sow it in Jesus' name. Let me do one more thing. One of the things I do in the class is debunk some stuff. Go to Second uh, Peter real quick. I thought I was done, but I want to do this. One more thing. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, you know, the Lord is that day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day to the Lord. Yeah. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. And don't, you don't have to shout it out, but the reference that they use that to. Because God's outside of time. Well, how many of you know God's outside of time? That's a given. But how many of you really understand why they use that? And what do they use it for? That scripture, they bring it up. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this, this second epistle, in both of which I stir you up, uh, stir up pure minds by the way of a reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. So what are we talking about? Last days. Walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Last days, right? Still there? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were and from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water uh, and in the water by which the world that 
then existed parish being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved for the same word and reserved for the fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Have we moved off of talking about the end days? Beloved, but beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So have we moved off the fact that they're talking about the end days? So understand, when we quote scripture, we need to keep it what? In context. Amen? Well, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, you can turn there if you want, God talks about taking a day of rest. So God created the universe in what? Six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And in Exodus, it talks about the law of the Sabbath. Now, I have a little chart here on this paper, and I did some study on timelines. So from Adam to somewhere around Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob time, because of the differing of the calendars, it's somewhere in there. It's about 2,000 years. And from that point of time until Jesus is about 2,000 years. And from Jesus to us, it's about 2,000 years. So you have two, four, 6,000 years, right? Six days shall you work, and on the seventh you shall go to Revelation chapter 20 real quick and be the last thing. Revelation chapter 20. Here's another scripture I've had. This, this, this is what I'm talking about. I've had uh, arguments with people about why well, they've argued with me. I just said, there's the word of God. Read it and weep. Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and great, a great chain in his hand. He, held, uh, he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for how long? And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him, on it, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. So what, Paul, what, what they were saying, Peter, whoever wrote that book, Peter, ask Dylan, he knows that kind of stuff. John, was it? I don't know. Who wrote it, Dylan? John, the Re no, no, not, not, not Revelation, Peter. Who wrote Second Peter? Didn't Peter, Peter wrote it? I'm not all smart like that. Peter said, but beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord is day is a thousand years, a thousand years is day. What he's saying to those people was, you're talking about the end times happening now, but don't forget this one thing. Days without, what he was saying is it's not time for the return of Christ yet. Because there's six days of work. That's what he was saying. He's talking about end times, people. He's not just talking that God's outside of time. He's talking about, you're talking about, because he's saying, all this stuff, where was the promise? Because people are questioning, where is this coming? Where, what happened to it? And he's saying, don't forget this one thing. From the beginning of Adam and Eve to when he wraps it up is, is a, a week, 6,000 years of work week. And then what do we have in Revelation? We have a thousand years where the dragon's bound up. 
and that's a day of rest. Do you see what I'm saying? Hello? Maybe you don't agree with me. But it adds up. Because it's, he's not just talking about, well, it's, God's outside of time. That whole thing, he's talking about the end times. And he said, don't forget this. Well, you th- keep thinking it's happening now, but don't forget this one thing. And he was trying to explain to him through a, some kind of parable thing. It's not yet. We've got 6,000 years to happen. And they're not here yet. Amen? So, take it for what you like. There are a lot of quiet people out there thinking on that one. I, there, I got a lot more. <laughs> people don't like it, but hey. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you. We bless you and glorify you. I ask, Lord, that you would touch every heart and every life in Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything this evening, this afternoon, whatever time it is, come up front. There's Dylan. There's Shirley here. We're here. We'll pray for you. Amen. If you need anything, uh, if you need Jesus, listen, if you need Jesus, that's the greatest decision you can make today, is receiving him as your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. If, you, if you've never received Jesus before, I invite you to come up and talk to Dylan. Talk to me. Talk to Shirley. And those of you on the Internet, bless you. Thank you. May the power of God touch you and work in you, and may his will be done in you. He be glorified in you and through you. Amen. Y'all be blessed. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Let all the nations of the earth.